Hello and welcome to Into the Grid, a comics edition, a podcast where we read every issue of Boom Boom Rooms, holy fuck, ongoing (laughs) Power Rangers comics, and some other ones along the way. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I am joined as always on this quest by friend of the show and host of Ride or Die, Tyler. Tyler, how's it going? Action boy now, action girl now, be prepared to climb another mountain. Are you ready? I'm not. What is that? Is that Ride or Die? No, that's from the fucking Power Rangers movie. Oh, when does that play? Uh, might be during the their first fight in the construction yard. Oh, okay. All right. So a little salty. I wasn't invited to that. That's a banger ass movie. I was well. Except for the 3D part, but you know. Yeah, yeah, that part's pretty. That's bad. just but how hey. it is with anything. They still do it to this day. It's still bad. The movie's actually pretty good. <laughs> pretty good movie. I'm surprised. But uh, this is episode two, technically, of Comics Edition. Today we're covering Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue one, written by Kyle Higgins, illustrated by Hendry Prasetya. And if you guys want to follow the show, you guys can do so at Go Into the Grid on Twitter. So this is where, if anybody has commented on past issues, this is where we would talk about it. Nobody has. But we're a week away from issue zero. Have you thought about it at all since we talked about it last week? Do you have any any thoughts, uh, any additional thoughts on that before we jump into issue one? Uh, I don't. That's pretty cute. Um, That's about it. I can say, yes, that is her name. I can say that um, Draken New Dawn issue one came out today and I read that. And that's something that we would cover in like six years. I'm Uh, waiting for uh, Draken Eclipse. Dragon Eclipse, um, that would yeah, that would be a good one. Uh, is that like a Twilight joke? Because those are the is there is New Dawn a, a Twilight movie? No, it's Breaking Dawn. Whatever, dude. I don't know. I think it's Breaking Dawn, right? I think I saw the movie in. Oh yeah, it's Breaking Dawn and New Moon. New Moon. Kind of shit names. Who cares about the fucking moon? Am I right? I think that one was focused around. The werewolves? They aren't really werewolves, but whatever. The wolves? Say what? They turn into wolves. Well, they turn into dogs, kind of. They, I mean, they do turn into wolves, but canonically they aren't werewolves. They're shapeshifters who turn into wolves. Not uh, werewolves. It's different. It's a whole thing. It's brought up in the fourth movie. Don't worry about it. Are you or a the fourth big plug. Are you a big Twilight fan? <laughs> I'm kind of I kind of like Twilight, you know. I'm not going to judge. Like I don't. I haven't. I haven't read enough of. Um, I got into it because like, of a of a girlfriend I had at the time, and then that makes sense. At some point, I was like, "But I actually like these movies, kind of." Right? I read the book. Ooh. That's more than I've done for other things. Ooh, maybe I should read the book. But uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. I should also mention, just because I see this now, um, the ongoing adventures of Bulk and Skull which is the little bit that we talk about at the end, uh, written by Steve Orlando and illustrated by uh, Corin Howe. So I just noticed that we have information for that, so I'm going to hit that now. But let's let's jump into issue one. So issue one starts, uh, it's a, like Balkan Skull. They're like shooting a episode of their, their online show Ranger Station. And just I reading this opening, I I immediately thought that at least when it comes to the dynamic between Bulk and Skull, we'll talk about them more a little bit later. I think Kyle 
Kyle Higgins does a very good job writing their dynamic with each other. Yeah. Like, you know, I I don't know. They feel very in character to me. I I, I noted that they were they were pretty modern. They get this basically kind of YouTube thing. They get a podcast. It's premium, premium subscribers. Yeah, they've got an OnlyFans. Do they have like a Patreon or whatever? Or an OnlyFans. Or both. You can have both. You can have both. Uh, which one of us, if they're doing a podcast, which one of us is Bulk and which one of us is Skull? Uh, I'd probably be Bulk. You think so? I guess I can be Skull. I, I did a weird head movement, but people can't see. Uh, they do a recap with flashbacks to the day of Rita's escape, and they kind of give a different perspective of it, which is cool. Uh, you know, the normal person's perspective on the Rangers. I question how they got some of these shots. Uh, you know, they, maybe maybe some news footage. I guess, yeah. That's uh, I mean, some of them are real close, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just noticed that in, on page, uh, what page is this? Page four, uh, the top right panel, they've got like a bunch of different monsters. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's Pudgy Pidge, Pig, Pudgy Pidge, Pudgy Pig in the center, right? Yeah. From that's the him. infamous uh, eating food episode. I don't remember Food Fight. Is that what it's called? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they do another quick recap of uh, the Green Ranger saga, the Green with Evil saga. And it's, I mean, it's. I kind of thought that the line uh, in issue zero of Tommy being like, it's my first day with this and showing the morpher was enough to, or the not the morpher, the communicator was enough to kind of give us an idea of where the story was. But I guess, I guess they wanted at the beginning here to spend more time on that. I don't know. I didn't, you know, maybe some people didn't read issue zero. That's true. That's true. And I guess if you haven't watched the show, this is an introduction to, like, what's happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It feels like anybody that's reading this comic knows this already. <laughs> uh, they then proceed into a montage where they're asking people their opinions on the Green Ranger turning good. And I like seeing the average person's reaction to the Green Ranger, like... People aren't, they're like, yeah, I mean, cool, he's helping now, but also, he, like, almost destroyed the city. I was someone just like, hey, fuck the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Those fucking weirdos. But also, they, they do ask uh, Billy and Trini as well. And and later we see them asking uh, Jason and, and Zach. And, like... I don't know. I really like this line. I really like. I liked it better the old way. Green's just like one too many bright colors, you know. Yeah, I like that line. Uh, Bulk and Skull are a lot nicer in this. Weirdly enough, to at least the Rangers. Yeah, that they was don't the part. Too bad. Yeah, like I think when they were talk when they're talking to each other, their dynamic between the two of them seem very in like in character to the show. But they're a lot less dickish in this than they are in yeah. the show. They're not like, so they're... much like comical bullies. Yeah. 
And I don't mind that. I kind of think that they're more real in this, and I enjoy that. Um, after questioning Tommy about the Green Ranger, uh, which, like, Bulk and Skull questioning Tommy about the Green Ranger, Kimberly asks Tommy out on a coffee date after they finish a training session with Zordon, you know, continuing to set up uh, Tommy and Kim. Yeah, I called her a thirsty bitch. You're not wrong. Um, but You just turned good, Kimberly. Give him some space. We will talk about... When do we start reading Go-Go? Hang on. Let me look at the uh, reading order. So a long time from now, like in 18 episodes, we'll talk about Kim being a thirsty bitch. Um, Because Kim is a... Kim's a little thirsty in the comics. A little thirsty. Uh, Zach falls asleep in Mr. Earl's class and he gets detention. Jason tries to come to the rescue, but he also gets uh, detention as well. Yeah. Uh, Zach, like you were saying last episode, Zach and Jason felt more like they had their shit together in the show. Definitely a different a different form of Zach here, at least. Yeah. And I like it. I, I like the I, I like the the change. I don't know how. Do you? How do you feel about? That? I don't mind it. I, yeah. Um, I don't need them to be model students. No. You know? It's more believable if they aren't like super perfect. As far as I'm, when it comes to normal life. Yeah, I I'm interested because I honestly don't remember what Zach's deal is with why he's not getting a ton of sleep. Because uh, they touched on it a couple times throughout the issue that Zach hasn't been sleeping well. That there's just something going on at home. And uh, I don't remember what that is. So I'm I'm curious as to what that is. Because I think that another thing that these comics do very well from what I remember is touch on the students, uh, the, the Rangers' home lives. So I'm I'm interested to see what's going on with Zach. And at lunch, Zach, Billy, Jason, Trini, and Kimberly, the original five, they're all sitting together. Jason uh, asks Zach about his lack of sleep. Zach lies, says he was just reading or something. It's, you know, bullshit. Uh, and then Billy and Trini mention that they're going to be working on the Dragon Zord after school. Yeah, and I like that we, we see them, like, at least mentioning that they work on the Zord and stuff. Because it's not that often you get that kind of thing. Usually it's, like, someone else and they kind of hand them the, the new weapons or the new power-ups. Yeah. I know in, in Kamen Rider, uh, Bill specifically, he's like a scientist. So when he's getting ready to get a new power-up, you see him in his lab working on it. And I think that's neat. Yeah. And, and also, like, I, I find I like that they're talking about, because they talk about in this part, too, that they're like, we've never even been inside of it. Really. Like, we don't even know what it looks like inside. I think the comic does a good job of establishing Tommy as being part of the group, but kind of separate as well. Yeah. Uh, And that's part of it where they're like, as Rangers, they're supposed to be a team, but they really don't even know. Like they all have the same set of powers. Like they are a set and Tommy has a similar set of powers, but they even establish that they're unsure about Tommy's powers too. Like all of his arsenal and stuff, and I I think that's fascinating. 
and uh, Tommy walks in, and he's followed by a hallucination of Rita uh, mocking him about the previous battle that destroyed a bridge. Uh, yeah, I definitely think this is a hallucination. I think it's just an inner monologue. I don't think it's actually her. I guess we're still not... You know, the jury's still out on that. We'll find out eventually. But I, I still think that's that's like a mental thing. Yeah, it can really go either way. Yeah. Uh, and Rita standing in the normal cafeteria is just funny to me. She's got those massive cones. Like, <laughs> You really gotta tone those down. Yeah, they're... They, like, curve, too. They curve up. It's funny. Um... Just as he sits down with his friends, they have to leave for their next class, and they leave him alone. He has a different lunch period. Yeah, he has the uh, next lunch block. So it's not like they intentionally no. just left there. No, no, no. He does feel alone, though. Yeah, he's very poor, separate. Poor, poor, sad Tommy. Poor, sad Tommy Oliver. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's interesting because like Tommy has such a. Uh, stigma around him that i i want to i want to appreciate the character on its own as it is now and be like yeah like this does suck for tommy but at the same time not a big tommy fan <laughs> so like part of you part of me is like yeah poor tommy oliver yeah sure the same time right. i see him i remember him working out in his fucking sleeveless green tank and yeah. like not being too bothered by it, and then later leading a group of kids with his fucking spiky gelled hair. Yeah, dude. I like him in Dino Thunder, although he's barely in it, really. I mean, he's not in it a ton. Uh, at the Moon Palace, Rita informs her team that the Dragon Zord uh, destroying Bolzer and the bridge provided quite the initial charge of chaos energy for the crystal that Scorpina recovered at the end of the last issue. What um, is this crystal? I have no idea. Do they mention chaos energy in the show? I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't seen enough Mighty Morphin to know if they mention <laughs> chaos energy or not. Uh, but I did note that Baboom, Babu looks pretty, uh, pretty intimidating the way he's drawn. Yeah, especially he's, his side profile. Yeah, he's definitely not intimidating in the show. Uh, in a pocket dimension, which first of all, I like that they just drop the pocket dimension on us because that's a massive deal like that's a big yeah. lore just danger idea. room it's like yeah, you, it's you like, go here and you train in scenarios and i mean it's a cool it's cool but it's like it's like big you know uh, i don't think zoran's ever done that <laughs> done what the pocket dimension oh probably not uh, isn't he in a pocket dimension or something is he? I don't know. I don't. What's his deal? What's Zordon's deal? Can somebody tell? I just remember Zordon's in the deal? movie when he, his glass broke, he was there. Yeah, I don't. He's not supposed to be there. I don't think. I don't. <laughs> I, I think he's stuck in like a time warp or something. I don't know. I think he's time locked, like Gallifrey and Doctor Who. Um, Whatever that means. <laughs> in the pocket dimension, Tommy is fighting putty patrollers while Kimberly pilots the pterodactyl Zord. Tommy has civilians to rescue, but they have sustained injuries. Uh, his plan leads them into an ambush by putties, and the hallucination of Rita taunts him about how he failed. And uh, they're kind of Tommy and the civilians are overrun. And I mean, this training room is very traumatizing. 
Yeah, those virtual people die. Yeah, which is rough. To the putties, that's sad on their part. Yeah, they could have fought. I mean, it's not even the Z ones where you have to aim for the specific spot. You just got to beat them up. Like, that's not that difficult, right? It, can't, it, it certainly can be. I mean, yeah, I guess there's a lot of them. <laughs> I guess there is, like, a world... It's like World War Z amount of them. Uh, Tommy is extra critical of himself while Kimberly tries to alleviate his guilt by explaining it's only practice and it was an impossible situation. To which I say, I feel like giving the new guy who has a ton to prove an impossible mission for his first training session isn't very smart. Yeah. I, that feels like child abuse. Also, I mean, he's still kind of fucked up with these what he just experienced being evil and whatnot. You know, maybe maybe go easy on him, Zordon. A little bit. Yeah. It, I mean it feels like it feels like child neglect or abuse or something. Because he is technically still a you know, he's a teenager, but he's still a child, you know? Like he's not a he's not a fully legal adult. So it Zordon's definitely abusing a minor. Um emotionally. Zordon explains that if Tommy had chosen differently, he and the civilians would have run into the monster, which I, I don't know why you need to explain that. Zordon like, just goes, <laughs> Zordon's just like, you're fucked either way. Yeah, there is no, there is no win situation. And he says it's to gauge how one deals with certain defeat, because as a ranger, his actions are the difference between life and death. And in that impossible situation, Tommy was successful, because no matter how insurmountable the odds, his drive to protect those around him never wavered. How do you deal with losing and watching people you're protecting die? Hmm. Let's find out. Yeah, it's just like, dude, he just started. (laughs) And he went through some fucked shit to get here. I don't know. This is kind of dickish on Zordon's behalf, in my opinion. Uh, Tommy decides to run the impossible situation a second time solo, which I... I mean, it's impossible. I don't know how that would help. Yeah. Like, at least in Star Trek, with, like, the Kobayashi Maru and all that shit... Kirk cheats to beat it. Tommy's just like, no, I'm gonna throw myself at it and win. Like, <laughs> and he passes up the coffee date with Kimberly, which is a big yikes. I don't know why you'd ever do that. That seems like a dumb idea to do. She may be a little thirsty, but come on, Tommy. I mean, yeah. And then back at home, Tommy has uh, he's pondering the question Bulk asked him earlier. He asks him, uh what Power Rangers mean to Tommy as he's the new kid. And as he ponders the question, a big fucking knife gets stuck to his throat. Or I guess it's kind of like a boomerang, as you point out. Yeah, it's a a big boomerang. Scorpina's just in his room. And she's like, you only only have a few moments left uh, to live, I guess. Hey, that that seems like a win-win for me. Yeah. Um, what's up with her in this shot? Why is she smoking? Maybe she like vamped in. I don't know. What does she do? I don't know. I know that she's uh in Draken New Dawn, which I guess spoilers if you don't know that, but um it's a minor thing. She's cool. I really like Scorpina. Um she's barely a character in the show, but she's really cool in the comics. IMO. I mean, that makes sense. She I don't they just use the Sentai footage for her, right? Probably. And, like, dub her know. over? Dude, I don't fucking know. I don't know shit about MMPR, except <laughs> for, like, the generic stuff that everybody knows. 
And that was uh, the ongoing story. What would you think of the ongoing story? Uh, I thought you. it was pretty good showing showing more more strife for poor poor Tommy. Poor Tommy ha- Oliver. Can that be? Can we? That's I don't know. <laughs> I what think a down sunken underdog. I know. I think that's the tagline of the show is poor Tommy Oliver. And it sucks because like the comic is trying its hardest to actually make that a thing. And I think if you look at the comic, if you look at the show through green with evil, and then that's the isolated power Rangers. And then you start the comic here. Yeah. I think it's poor Tommy Oliver. I think he's got a pretty fucking shit hand in this. Yeah. But if you like continue the show, it's like, None of this shit happens. Yeah, he, and he it seems just fine. And it's difficult to disconnect this Tommy Oliver from the Tommy Oliver that gets to be the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, the Zeo Red Ranger, the fucking Turbo Red Ranger, the Black Dino Ranger. Like, I don't know. It, it, there is definitely a uh, disconnect there. But I do think that as you read, it gets easier to isolate the comic characters from the show characters. Yeah. Um, and then we got the ongoing adventures of Bulk and Skull, where uh, Bulk and Skull are campaigning to get free stuff from Ernie, like the color-coordinated dweebs. When the news talk about a battle between Miming Golems and the Power Rangers, so okay, so right, uh, they talk about how they donated thirty sandwiches to charity, which is, I mean, I don't know, I I smiled at that. If you remember last uh, last issues, ongoing adventures of Bulk and Skull, uh, but like they refer to the Rangers as the color coordinated dweebs, like not the Rangers, but like you know Zach, Jason, they call them yeah. by their names. So they pick up they they pick up on the Rangers wearing their their colors. Mm-hmm. I feel like that raises a lot of questions. How so? I. I mean, how dumb do you have to be at that point to not put two and two together? Those are just those guys' favorite colors. I like the weather all the time. But why is it that, like, they all match perfectly with the Power Rangers colors? And, like, nobody's favorite color is purple, apparently. Like, (laughs) purple's just a bad color, I guess. And, you know, when Tommy goes from green to white, his favorite color will become white. And that's what he likes to wear. Also, uh, I thought this was a decent, a decent thing where Ernie's like, yeah, those dweebs are cleaning up Angel Grove. And in that panel, you see that the Rangers are like the recycling champions of Angel Grove. But also you see Tommy and Kimberly as the Rangers fighting in the, in like on TV. So I don't know. I thought that was a well-arranged panel. Yeah literally cleaning the city um and then bulk and skull run off to become heroes to impress trini and kimberly and they see a person in a trench coat reading a newspaper and they assume he's been shopping downtown and wanted directions which i what does that mean how how do those two correlate i think they wanted directions and so they were like he's been shopping downtown he'll know where the bad guys are i don't know how wearing a trench coat means you've been shopping downtown Away, oh, okay, away, okay. Um, yeah, they end up running into a street lamp. They crash their car, like, and they crash. They they bust open over that that street lamp. Like that's yeah. Like 
Somebody should call 911. Although I guess you could blame that on the monster attack. You could. And they uh, knocked this... the putty out with the street lamp. Yeah, it's revealed that it's a putty in the uh in the suit. And yeah, that that's the uh that's the issue. So what do you think overall of issue one? I liked it. Yeah. What do you think of the Vulcan Skull bit? I thought it was fine. It was okay. I, mean, I like I... two pages. Where's it going? I don't know. What are they up to? I don't know. I'm interested in finding that out, and we'll find out one day. Uh, so we did ask on Twitter, and we ask on Twitter every week uh, for people's thoughts on the issue that we read, that we talk about, and uh, contributed to the show pretty constantly on Main uh, Into the Grid. Our good friend Neil Zabub on Twitter. He uh, responded to the tweet saying, I remember liking it. When I first heard about a new comic, I didn't know how to feel about it. That first issue managed to have enough action and character that I decided to give the comic a chance. And yeah, I agree. I feel like everybody gets like a moment to to show character. Uh, as, as Like with the Rangers, mm-hmm. Zach, and J- Zach and Jason get moments. Tommy and Kimberly get a lot of moments. Um, I guess Billy and Trini are really the two that get the least amount, but they still get a little bit. Uh, Bulk and Skull. Yeah, they go off and do their smart person things. Yeah, Bulk and Skull still get quite a bit in uh, the issue, even outside of their little independent story. And I mean, the pocket dimension, that's really cool. Like, that's a cool action sequence. I don't know. I really. I agree. I really enjoyed it. Uh, All right, Tyler, let's collect data. What is the best moment in this issue, or best panel, or, or whatever? Uh, the best, uh, are we doing moment or panel? I, I mean, whatever your favorite part of the comic is, I guess. Uh, like last time we did, it was kind of like I, I chose the way that Finster was drawn and you chose the morphing page. But um, I'll go with the shot of Tommy at the fucking lunch table by himself. Uh, I think my favorite was the whole uh, pocket dimension stuff. Uh, that whole scene uh i just think it was drawn very well it was cool like it's supposed to be set in new york i think like this was to be in new york city during that fight is it right? i think it's supposed to be new york why would it be i i think it's supposed to be like a ruined new york i don't know it looks more like new york than to, than angel grove to me i'm pretty sure it's still angel grove you think so and they're like we're going to cut up Madison towards Washington. Like, those sound like New York streets. They could be Angel Grove streets. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. It is a fake place. That's, you know what? You're right. Uh, who's the best uh, character in this this issue? Uh, MVP. Uh, Tommy. I guess. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to be Tommy for a little <laughs> bit. Uh, this this first arc is definitely, it seems like it's it's his. Um, and what would you rate it out of five? I'd give it a four and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a four. 4.5 is fine. Um, it didn't blow me away, but I, I, I thought it was all very good. Yeah. All right. And... That's that, Taylor, Taylor. Holy fuck, I'm really bad today. Uh, yeah, you're fucking up, dude. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm tired. I guess. Uh, Tyler, where can the listeners find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Tyler Rims. That's T Y L E R T Y L E R I M S. Uh, I do a podcast with our mutual friend Mike here, who uh, we call Call Rider Die, where we watch Common Rider, starting with Common Rider Double. I mean, I've seen this show before, and I like it. I don't know. You have to ask Mike if he likes it. Uh, sometimes I'm unsure about Mike's uh, <laughs> favorite towards the show. So just ask him what he thinks about it. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at Rider Die Podcast and on Anchor, anchor.fm forward slash writer hyphen die. And to find the other podcast uh, that I, I do like, Trouble to Tipton and all the angles, just hop on my Twitter again. That's Tyler Tyler Rim, C Y L E R, T Y L E R, T Y T Y L E R, T Y L E R I M S on Twitter. That's awesome. Luckily, when I record into the grid later tonight, uh, we're doing a two parter. Which means it's all Mike, and then next week it's all me. So, huh? Won't I be there next week? Uh, yes. Trakina's Revenge is next week. Uh, tonight we're watching the first two episodes of Lost Galaxy to get ready for Trakina's Revenge. Uh, and then what happens when you eventually get to Lost Galaxy? You watch them. We'll watch them again. Yeah, it's only two episodes, and we'd watch them. It would be only one episode anyways, because we do the two-parters as one episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore AFK on Twitter. Uh, Trouble at the Dividend, like Tyler said, at Movie Blog Merc for Game Over Screen, which is a show that we both do uh, about video games. And at Too Many Sean's on Twitter for my Star Wars The Clone Wars recap podcast. All the show's art was done by at my name is Sean on Twitter, at my name is S-H-A-U-N-N-N. Follow Sean on social media for all things design and nerd-related. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My name is Sean, S-H-A-U-N-N-N. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to follow the show, you can do so at Go Into the Grid on Twitter, and you guys can email us at gointothegrid at gmail.com. We host a show on Anchor, and you guys can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, CastBox, and Podcast Addicts. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on Into the Grid Comics Edition. See ya.